Welcome to AEC Presents. I'm Alex. I'm Jared. I'm Laura. And it is a snowy, snowy day. Sure is. Uh, we were able to go however long without snow. Then last Saturday was our first real snowfall. Well, first snowfall in general. It was the first real one and first one blank. Yeah. Well, uh, I took the dog out at like 7 o'clock in the morning. I'm like, oh, it's a nice day. It's It was like 38, 40 degrees. I look out a couple hours later and everything's just covered. Yeah. Yeah. For me, I don't know, people are like, oh, it got cold too fast. Like, really? It's the middle of November. That's mm-hmm. pretty good. Yeah, that's not I, bad. I admit, like, my mom always reminds me that it snows on my birthday every year, which was last Friday. So we were just a day late. But, yeah, I, I think the biggest thing was that it was really warm the week before, which was right. unseasonal. It was, it was And 70. then it was normal the next <laughs> yeah. week. And everyone's like, oh, my gosh. But the normal just came after the super abnormal. Right, yeah. It was- that's Ohio. Because yep. I think don't know what you're gonna get. on your birthday of Friday, it was it was the high was like 70 that day. Yeah. And yeah, it slowly dropped and dropped and dropped. Yeah, and... it was definitely 70 to 30 overnight. <laughs> but. And then everyone gets sick when that stuff happens. Right. Yeah, I'm yeah. sick of it. Yeah, I, I can feel it in my bones, like, ugh, temperature, pressure change, and don't like this. My uh, baby's getting old. Yeah, yeah, it is what it is. Uh, but yeah, and it's snowing again today, like. That was brought up too. It's like, oh, it was fine all day. Then not till five thirty, really closer to right at six. Yeah, it was like, about, oh, and now it's snowing in. Yeah, we had just a little bit of flurries four thirty five to five thirty, and then about six o'clock it just cut loose. And even from town from Lima to our house here, like I mean, I was right behind you. Yeah, you, you was, can see it was fine, 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 not fine. Yep, it's like, oh, <laughs> we can't see much. Yeah, <laughs> so I was it, glad to stay home. Yeah, I mean, I I would have been too, but it is what it is. Uh, so, today's theme will be Black Panther spoilers, but to, if you, to, what is the best way to put it? So I don't ruin it for you too fast. If you still want to listen to the rest of the podcast, we're going to do the theme at the end of the podcast like we did for Black Adam and other movies. Just have it at the end of the episode. So you can listen to everything up, and, up until that point, and then you can keep listening to us if you want, or you can not it's up to you yeah we Uh, prioritize our spoilers usually it's like our book club is the end because it has spoilers but that's the worst spoilers are a movie (laughs) uh yeah uh so this week we're gonna start with books that came out this week wednesday november 16th 2022 i'll go first this time because i rarely go first yeah uh but my pick of the week is my first pick is going to be she hulk number eight um so it is titled She-Hulk, but it's not about She-Hulk at all. Remember in the book club, was it, was it two weeks ago we talked about She-Hulk? Or no, it was before that, I think. Uh, Either way, be, yeah. we, talked about the, we talked about the first trade of She-Hulk and how it ended with those two characters. We didn't know who they were, where they came from and everything. Yeah. This is their origin story. Oh, okay. And it was really good. I enjoyed it. Um, so it has She-Hulk is not in it at all. Other than her blood is in it. And yeah. But it explains where does this giant and then his wife come from and what's what's their deal and everything. And this is a good payoff. I, I really enjoyed it. At first I was like, oh, what's this about? Okay, I don't know these characters. I'm going to wait. Nope, nothing to do with She-Hulk at all. I was like, oh, midway through. I see what they're doing. They're trying. They're giving us the origin of those two new characters. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So I enjoyed it. It was very self-contained. And I'm excited to see where it's going to go forward. So I know, Jared, you read the trade plus one issue, I think. Yes. Didn't you? Yep. So you're actually only two issues behind. Right. Yeah. That one and then this one. 
if I was you, I'd recommend, I'd recommend reading those two at least, last issue seven and this week's issue eight, okay. because of, or honestly, if you want, I can just hand it to you at the end of the day, you can read this and you can see their origin, because, like I said, it's very self-contained by, by itself. Who are those two characters? Like, is the, a spoiler to say their names? Uh, it is not, but I forget their names. Okay. <laughs> um, other than they are Mark Booth and April Booth is the okay. characters' actual names, but I forget if um, they actually named them in. They're. Oh, I can't remember them either. He's the one who attacked um, Jack of Hearts. Jack of Hearts in the like the park or in the street. Oh, Jack yeah. of Hearts stole the tarts. Yeah, and like, what? Why? Oh. Where did he come from? Everything. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I like, was confused by those people. Okay, yeah. now yeah, I know who you're talking about. Away okay, in the trade, right? Yeah, I thought that he just wasn't all there. Like he was a special right. needs person, right? And, and that his uh, wife, right. I think it was like they called her the caretaker, yeah. right? Well, because. Jennifer asks, oh, who's his character? And the other girl at the park is like, oh, that's actually his wife. Okay. And this explains how they get into that position and everything. How they get married. Uh, Not quite. Sort. I mean, it does uh, a little okay. bit. I mean, <laughs> that is one of the panels in the flashbacks of them being scientists together, them getting married, and their, mm. whole, their whole love story up to this point. This sounds like yeah, I should read it, too. Yeah, okay. possibly. <laughs> I'd recommend it, especially since, yeah, you read the trade. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you that sold is me. She-Hulk number eight. Laura, what is one of your picks of the week? I think I'm going to start big. Although, yeah. The the Gold Goblin I was really excited about, but I'm too far behind in normal Spider-Man. In now, the amaz- isn't it in terrible the that Spider-Man. I always say that like I don't keep up with my favorite comics because I'm like, oh, I have them all. I've got a lot to read. Like I'll I'll get there. They need to reboot but, Amazing Spider-Man again, so you can just jump in on that. No, they don't. <laughs> like, I think that's part of the problem. They they have rebooted it a couple times, and I'm still trying to in your just work, get back into it. And your work but. schedule isn't the most compatible with reading comics and staying up to date on everything. More, I just don't prioritize it. Okay. I, I'm bad. Like, when, it, when I know the podcast is coming, I get my stuff together and read the books I need to. Like, thank goodness for the way DC and Marvel and Independence release their stuff in kind of a wave a little bit. So that helps me out a little. Because if I had to read everything this morning, it, it wouldn't happen. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, but I did read Gold Goblin this morning. And I was really excited for it because, like, Norman Osborn is one of my favorite characters. And I, I wanted to know where they're going with this. But I do feel like I missed out a little bit because it was referring to some other things going on in Amazing Spider-Man that I haven't. Haven't read, so I guess I recommend number one to anyone, if you're going to read Gold Goblin, get caught up on your Spider-Man first and go from there. <laughs> and Sorry, I shouldn't have laughed so hard at that. Anyways, um, but one, one thing I love from this issue, uh, of course, every character who gets named by the newspaper complains about their name. And he's like, how did they know I was a goblin? Like Norman Osborn's. Kind of freaking out a little bit. Like, why do they have to label me a goblin again? I'm trying to get away from that. I'm trying to be a good guy. And it's like, well, at least you're the golden goblin. Because that's your shtick. You're a yeah. goblin. So, and you are wearing gold and you have a glider, the, the green goblin. Ha- like, come on, Norman. It's not that hard to put two and two together on this one. Yeah. And I, I did love all the goblin themes to this, which obviously it's going to have a goblin theme. But um, one of my favorite kind of quotes from it was Peter Parker having a discussion with him. He's like, fool me once, Norman. 
fool me a thousand times. I, I, I'm probably Spider-Man. That that totally checks out that you would trick me this many times. It's like, yeah, Spider-Man, every... He's got a soft spot for every human being. He just, he thinks everyone can be saved and he keeps letting Norman plow him down, but... Everyone I, I, is redeemable yeah. in his eyes. Yeah, I keep hoping, like, the, the thing they keep referring back to, which, gosh, how long ago has that been? Norman keeps talking about how the Sin Eater cleansed him and he's a different person now and I, I feel like that was in 900 800 like yeah. it was one of those big hundred issues but they kind of pack so much crap into spider-man that the hundred issues well they do don't... like three issues a month yeah so it's they're like... not as big a deal and they're not as long ago as they seem right but i mean it's been a while though i think okay. was that before or after dan slot was or was that during or after dan slot left I think that was before Dan Slot left. I feel like this was a slotism. Okay, that's, okay, that sounds right, but I don't know for sure. Yeah, yeah, I'm not 100 percent either. Yeah, I. That's another thing to throw in here. Gold Goblin was by Cantwell, Medina, and Fabella, and these are names I've never heard of in Spider-Man comics, so they're kind of a little new. Uh, Cantwell, the writer, that name sounds familiar from other things. Yeah, he's he's from something else famous. It's in the back matter of this, but I forget exactly what it was. Let's see if I can find it real quick. <coughs> okay, Christopher Cantwell writes Iron Man and Namor. That's it's from Iron yeah. Man. That's where okay. I recognize the name from. Yeah, that makes more sense. And yeah, the the couple other things I wanted to mention from this book, and then I'll. I'll get off my, my Spider-Man soapbox until Spider-Man life story. Um, I got a kick out of Norman fights Jack-O-Lantern in this. And there are a lot of characters like Hobgoblin and Jack-O-Lantern and pretty much any goblin has taken all of their tech from Norman. And in this particular instance, Norman's like, this guy's not very smart. I bet he hasn't reset any of the passwords and I've got all these backdoor ways to get into stuff. So he's just like yelling out commands and making the glider throw the jack-o'-lantern off and do all this stuff. And I'm like, yeah, that's that's real bad when it, you hijack someone else's equipment and then try to fight them with it. <laughs> it's good to have the master code for all that stuff. Yep, yep, that's totally a Norman thing. And then I was also getting like a, a morbid kick out of it. I, I do feel bad for people who are just coming into this thinking, oh, it's a number one, I'll just jump right in. Like, there's a lot of backstory to this. Hopefully they fill more of it in later. But it's also so historic that if you're going to get this, you probably should already know this stuff. There's so many. You need to know all your goblin history, history because there's so many <laughs> ties with all that. And it's yeah. been going on for a long time. So Yeah, there were even a couple people like they uh, Norman thinks back on his sins and he sh they show some stills of people. And I'm like, I don't remember who half these people are either. But. The big one is always Gwen Stacy, and so she's kind of haunting him in this issue and saying, are you really reformed? Do you really have guilt? Do you care about the fact that you killed me? Spoilers. Um, but I, of course, I, I laughed a little bit because I'm morbid with my black humor, too, and I'm like, oh, she really is Ghost Spider in this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, in alternate universes, for those of you who don't know, like Spider-Gwen is based on Gwen Stacy, who's shown in this issue very heavily. But so. not dead. Yeah. Spider Gwen yeah, is yes. not dead. Not dead yet. Yet. But yeah, that's a big deal in her 
universes and all the multiverse stuff. If you, the new movies are probably coming out. Isn't there? When does the next Into Spider the Verse? Spider-verse? That might be this year. I don't know. I know. Yeah. Or no, across the Spider Verse. Sorry. Yeah. Into the was the first one. Yeah. Um, Which is also a Christmas movie, by the way, folks. So. Get that one out, dust it off. But yeah, Cross, I think that might be coming out later this year. Jared's looking it up right now, I can tell. But yeah, when they refer to that that Gwen Stacy, when they refer to all of them across all the multiverses, they talk about how she's unique. She's She doesn't survive in many universes. So if you're a Gwen Stacy, you're kind of extra special because you didn't make it through a lot of your your iterations. So. Jared, when does the when does Across the Spider Verse come out? It says June second of twenty twenty three. Okay, so it's a quite a ways out. Yeah, seven months still. I feel like that might have been delayed because I felt like it should have come out sooner. I was thinking but. it was supposed to be Christmas this year, or new, around this right. time this year. Who knows? Yeah. But anyway, uh, Jared, what is the first book of your picks of the week? It's not my pick of the week, but it was really good. Uh, Nightwing number ninety eight, a Tom Taylor classic. This one, if uh, you were, have been reading, at the last issue, Rick Grayson shows up. It was his um, alter ego sense. When he lost his personality, lost, we got shot Yeah, there. yep, before he came back to Dick Grayson. But um, it this gives a little bit of a backstory with Blockbuster also. So Blockbuster sold his soul to a demon devil that um, so he could gain intelligence. Well, he went as with all of that intelligence. He came to the conclusion that he could uh, renegotiate that deal and sell somebody else's soul instead of his, which he sold his firstborn child's soul to this devil. So, or this demon, yeah, not this necessarily demon. the devil. It's demon. not not necessarily the, de- the devil, but this demon. In comic books, it's fair to it's fair to yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a good distinction, yeah. But, uh, so Rick Grayson shows up and it's actually Night Mite, which is like Bat Mite or uh, Mixelpidilic. Yeah, I don't know how to pronounce that right. Yeah. Um, which is the the, imp from the fifth dimension. And I love that everyone knows what it is and keeps making fun of Nightwing. He's like, you have an imp. You know, Batgirl's like, oh, you have an imp. That's hilarious, you know. And... Night when you sit there, please stop ma- finding this entertaining. You know, I loved the chemistry between all the characters in this, but um, Night Might. Uh, another thing that I liked about him was he went to Batgirl right away, and she's like, "Oh, I'm chipping Nightwing and Starfire." You know, no offense. It's like no offense. She's like, "What?" <laughs> you know. So there's a lot of great humor in this book, also. But uh, and this is a guest artist, also for this. Uh, yes. Uh, I know this because of Twitter, because Tom Taylor <laughs> tweeted like, "Oh, it's the guest artist. Uh, it's the same person that does the uh, Firepower, or no, not Firepower. Um, uh, Seven Secrets. Seven Secrets. Oh. Seven Secrets book. Was, yep. was the same artist that did that. Like, oh, yeah, because that trade came out and this issue came out too at the same time. Like, here you go. Yeah, I can see how you confuse those though. Yeah, they are. They look similar. They oh, got very some similar much so. Yeah. Things. Um, good artist. I have no fault with his art. It's a little more cartoony than some others. But, but for this one, it worked really it well, worked with, really Nightmare, well. with Nightmite. Yeah, with the Fifth Dimension Imp and everything. So Nightmite and, uh, well, he actually like makes uh, bat, uh, 
Bitewing a superhero dog gives him a cape and actually makes him talk a little bit. And he's sitting there with Nightwing. Makes like, her talk. Or he makes her talk, sorry. And uh, sitting there with Nightwing and she's like, good human. Feed me, <laughs> save me, love, you know. See, for me, that reminded me a lot of, I don't know if either one of you read Thor, when Thor had the dog, yeah. Thor-y. Yeah. It reminded me very much of that. Very much, yeah. But uh, Bitewing, Nightwing, and Night Might... Boy, that's a tongue twister a little bit. Uh, go in to save the uh, firstborn child of Blockbuster from the demons. And stuff happens. Right. We won't go too far. Cause... Yeah, I'll, I'm not going to. I'm going to stop there with the. But it is a very self-contained issue as well. Yes, very much so. Um, you don't need much backstory. It tells you, oh, Blockbuster sold the soul of his child for, you know, intelligence and stuff like that. So it, it gives the filler in this issue also. Um, but uh, we have. Other character, another character shows up at the end too to help out, and you know, yeah, stuff happens. Yeah, you stuff know. happens. We'll stop right. there. But um, as good as this issue was, it was not my pick of the week. So there and is a better issue coming. I'm up. going to save your pick of the week and my pick of the week after Laura's next pick because we're going to tag team both yep. of our picks of the week. Yep. So Laura, okay. why don't you go ahead and tell us your other book this week that you really enjoyed? I got a kick out of Chroma. Which was an independent book. I forget who wrote it, though. Probably Image would be top choice. Is it Chroma with a C or Chroma with a K? With a K. So K-R-O-M-A for the listeners at home. Yeah. And it's by Lorenzo D. Felicia. And I... Image Comics. Okay. Yeah, I was really impressed, too, that Lorenzo was the artist, writer, and I think the letterer. Like, he had three titles. They did everything. Yeah, they did all of it. And at the end, they wrote a little note about why this inspired them, like how how they were inspired to come up with this idea. And I I like stuff like that. Not everyone wants to read like outside the comic itself, but I, I like to see what the writers and artists were thinking when they came up with their ideas. Um, the the main idea is that the the Pale City is the last safe place for mankind in this world. And that be- that happened because the King of Colors, who is just a name right now, like their, their deity is the impression I get. Something happened that he was offended by one of the men who tried to make a new color. Like, I don't, I don't know exactly how that happens, but like, back, back matter. You'll figure it out later, I assume. So the King of Colors was mad at mankind, released the Plague of Lizards, and people discovered that the lizards that were trying to kill them to eat their red blood could not see black and white. So everyone to save themselves made their city black and white. Like, it's all these muted colors. A monochromatic. Yeah. So I think that's why it's called Chroma, because Chroma is like chromatism, color, Chroma. I I think that's Latin. I don't know. I should probably Google more of these things before I just say, say words, but... Close enough. But yeah, I, you get that in, like, the middle of the story. So at the beginning, I didn't realize, but I was drawn into the book because they started out with, like, these really bright, vivid colors. There was this bird, and you were following this bird, and then all of a sudden everything's muted and pale, and I'm like, what What happened? This This has to be important. Like, there's a reason they're using colors this way, and then the, the artist explains, yeah, that's that was my point. And the the other thing I loved was some of the panel layouts. Like, this is one of those stories that, even though I wasn't 
as pulled into the story as I could be, the way they presented the story was amazing to me. Like the panel layouts kind of, how do I want to describe it? Like they, they'd have a long left side panel and then that would indicate, okay, we've got this long panels first and then the top you go across. It, w- it was almost like, like staggered. A, like a corner T-frame sort of thing? Yeah, T or an L-frame. Like there's the the left-hand side was a full panel and then you go across the top and then it'd stagger in like stair steps. Then the next one would have the whole what's left of that next left side, like three quarters down, and then have the the cross the normal way. Like it'd be vertical, horizontal, vertical, horizontal, vertical, horizontal, staggered in, but, but still good, across a whole like splash page. They did a good enough job that. Yeah. Because I know sometimes when it's still like that, like, okay, which panel do I read next? Yeah, exactly. But they did a good job that you can actually tell where to read next. Yeah. Sorry I'm not describing it as well as it is. Like, well, people well, the, go out and look at this book. Yeah. I can't describe it, but you need to see it. I mean, that's the choice <laughs> of describing a visual media. I mean, it's like it's hard to put. Word, put into words because mm-hmm. a picture is worth a thousand words. Right, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm looking at some of the preview panels and stuff like that. It looks very interesting. I yeah. kind of wish I would have picked it up. There's still I, a chance. I believe we still have copies left at the store. I so. may want to because that does look interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and what drew me in was obviously the cover. Like, not going to lie to you people, almost every week I judge a lot of books by their cover because I've got like about an hour to read and I'm like, who's who's top of my list now? Or Spider-Man. And, yeah, usually I default to Spider-Man. That that's a no-brainer. But but yeah, the the cover of this had like a girl with this kind of it looked like a bird-like skeleton superimposed over her. And I don't I don't know exactly where they were going with that, but they did mention some of that in the issue, so no I, I'm trying not to spoiler it either. But, but yeah, it, the, it looks like a, it kind of reminds me of the uh Khonshu costume. From yeah. from Moon Knight, his yeah. the god. It kind of looks like mm-hmm. it was a, it's a bird skeleton. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think birds must have some importance in this because the first few panels are the vivid color you're seeing is a bird that's flying and has something happen to it. And yeah, so I, I think the birds are important. The birds hold a lot of color, and color is important but dangerous. So. Yeah. Everyone else, go out, read this book, Chroma by Lorenzo de Felicia, and tell me what you think of it. Yeah. Like, somewhere in our comments, I assume the belows, like some people say, uh, the side depending, panel. Depending on what <laughs> service you're listening to this on, some have comments, some don't. Otherwise, hey, message the store. Message, just message us at the store. Let us know. Let Mark know that you're listening, and then, and then we can go through that way, too. Yeah, I was really excited today. Mark actually in his newsletter, left a comment with a, a link to us. So. There you go. Oh, cool. He remembered that we exist. There you go. Uh, all right. So moving on to my pick of the week and Jared's pick of the week. Real Yay. quick. Deceased number four came out. We are halfway through this. The Deceased finale. War of the Undead Gods. Yes. Deceased War of the Undead Gods is issue four. We're halfway through the finale series, correct? Yep. Okay. Until they decide to do more because that's what they're that doing. <laughs> uh, but yeah, pick of the week is Murder World... Avengers number one by Jim Zub, I believe is the writer that does this. Yep. And here we go. By Jim Zub and Ray Fox are the writers. Oh. Artist by Jethro Morales, or color artist by Matt Miller. And looks like letterer is Corey Petit. 
or Pettit, or I don't know what the best way to pronounce it is, but oh well. Uh, in How short, would you describe this book? Squid Games. Marvel Squid Comics Games? Squid Games. I would say it's a mix with Westworld, um, The Hunger Games, and Squid Games. Um, so the premise for this is Arcade, the, the villain, has always done different versions of Murder World, where usually, I believe he's done a bunch of Spider-Man versions of that. Um, I think Arcade is mostly a Spider-Man villain. Uh, but he's done a whole bunch of different things. Like, okay, he's like the Joker, but less crazy and more just like, hey, I'm doing this for whoever's paying me, and yeah. we're we have our murder circus sort of thing. Right. He's a bit of a philanthropist in that, a little that bit. aspect. Yeah. But this one, you find out that on top of being hired to kill certain superheroes, he also does this the way he funds other things is all right, I'm going to be a dark web sensation and I'm going to have 200 people come in. Last person alive wins a million dollars and can create their own reality that they want. However, uh, Jared, who does this issue follow? It follows this. Uh, I don't know the person's name anymore. This influencer. Yeah. This influencer. He's, you know, kind of social media, big wig, but he Paul, turns out to have a bit of a secret. Paul Pastor is the kid's Paul name. Paul Pastor. Yep, that's right. And it he he's the conspiracy theorist YouTuber yes. that's like, okay, you know, this is the reason why this, and he finally is like, oh, I finally found footage of this of the murder right. world. It exists. Yes, I'm trying not to go too far into well, spoiler I mean, territory. But it's very but quick. The Avengers are here, but they're you know android versions of them or you know robot versions. Right. Um, android. My my mind went to the cell phone brain. <laughs> but <laughs> right there. But this influencer so. gets invited under the like, hey, I'm such a big fan yeah. of yours. Yep. I want you to come in and film document film a documentary of this. Like you're not going to be contestant. Don't worry, it's going to be fine. And it's not fine. Right. Um. Where, of course, what do villains do? They lie. They lie. So they're starting with this obstacle course and they're running through the uh, tires on the ground, you know. Well, like they, you they have a challenge before that. Oh, there was. You're right. I'm sorry. They, but that, but it's very Squid Games-esque where there are yes. different games where they have to do different challenges to right. survive this, that, and the other. So the one that threw me right away was uh, Captain America's shield decapitating somebody. Right. Coming back, you know, Avengers Assemble and Annihilate. I loved that. Uh, that was a great screen cap and everything, but uh... so the good and the bad with this is it is a one it is a one shot of a certain point of view uh, because it is there's only one Murder World Avengers. The next issue will be Murder World Spider Man. Yep, number one. So the series of number ones that make a story arc. Like, oh, I love mini stories. That's cool. Right, and but it's not... don't do mini series of a bunch of number ones. Right, to... I hate that yeah. too. Um, the it's not just Spider Man though it's spy it, the cover makes it look like Spider Verse, right? So there's you know Spider Gwen, there's the twenty ninety nine, the Punk. But the the, the name of it, though is Murder yeah. World Spider Man, right? Um, and who knows how that's gonna go? I'm excited though, based off of this one. Uh, I had little to no expectations for this book. Same here, but uh, it was just surprisingly really good, and the twist at the end. With the uh, with the influencer and what happens to him and where we're going to go forward, right? It's very it's nice. Like, I don't know where we're going forward with this because I really thought that this entire series was going to follow him through the whole right. thing. And there's these other characters that pop up, and there's this so many things that happen. You know, the new character, or like the, they're not new characters; they've been in the book. But the, it's like, 
Oh, they weren't really focused at first, the, but then they the are towards the end. Yeah. The, the gallery of contestants that are in here. Right. They do a lot of good, oh, well, this one's this one's stick. This one's right. what they're doing. and So it's almost like they're working together, but competing with each other at the same time. Right. So it's this book was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, we already have the next issue of the Spider-Man one on hold because Laura saw Spider-Man. She's like, yep, yep. add it to the list. And then I added the rest of the series to my list. Also, I was like, I don't know how far this is going to go, but I'm having fun with this so far. Yeah, I'm, I think I'm going to go ahead and throw it's, these it's on a fun my read. Uh So that's our books, our picks of the week that came out this week. Um, what is your, the listener's pick of the week? Put it in the comments below, as we mentioned earlier. <laughs> or, you know, the Facebook messages or just whatever. You'll, or email us Yeah, somehow. you'll find ways to get a hold of us. Come but, into the store. That's the that is the best way is to come to the store and tell us. Uh, moving on to book club book of the week, which is Spider Man Life Story. This was Laura's pick. If you don't want spoilers on this and want to read for okay, so a little bit of housekeeping. Also, we will not be here next week. Uh, it's the week of Thanksgiving, so we're gonna take that week off. We'll be back in two weeks. So, what book are we going to read in two weeks, Jared? It is something that I think everyone would really like. He's stretching and it's the folks. It's called Snow Angels. And why do we pick Snow Angels, Jared? Because we are in winter, we're coming up on Christmas, and Snow Angels kind of equals cold outside. And we just had our first snow of the season, like we said. Yeah. So we're tying it all together. So that is right. going to be what we're talking about in two weeks. It is an independent book. Um, it's been out for a little while, not a whole long, but it's written by Jeff Lemire, so it's got some credibility with a good writer. Um, I've never read it before. I've, I've never so read it either. I so don't know what it's about. We'll I'm how, excited to yeah, read it. We'll see what it's like, and that'll be in two weeks, folks. That'll be the week of November, whatever the last day of November is, is when we'll be the thirtieth, possibly. But the episode will release December first because that's Thursday. I do know that. Okay. Uh, so yeah, that's what we'll be reading for that. The episode in two weeks. So, Laura, why did you make us read Spider-Man The Life Story? Because Spider-Man. Why and? else? Um. Also, I hadn't caught up on it yet. Like, it was great in the store the other day. I mentioned it to Adrian. He was like, how have you not read this yet? And I was like, stuff gets busy. I was also like, going to say you made us read it because it's your birthday week. Oh, and yeah. for your yeah. birthday. Because we'll, you gave you, me a chance. Well, <laughs> we always give you a chance. You, yeah. You're like, just tell me just tell me what to read and I'll read it, is usually yeah. how it works. Yeah, but I definitely thought I could get away with it because it was my birthday. Yeah, like, I, mean, I, I took some liberty. More often than not, if you say, <laughs> hey, let's read this, I'm like, okay, let me see if I have it in stock. If yep. it is, then sure. Yep. So. Yep, that's usually the criteria. We want to Tell you listeners to read stuff that we can actually provide you to right. also read. Right. <laughs> Instead of being like, this is great. You can't have it. Blah, blah, blah. I mean, blah. there's the occasion like, oh, we think, oh, oops, oh, well, it is what it is. We read it anyway. Yeah. So. yeah. But, yeah. Um, uh, I did not know. I thought this book was older than it is. This came out in 2019. Yeah. It, it was just before just before COVID. Yeah. So yeah. I really thought it was much earlier than that oh no now i understand a little more even why adrian was like how come you haven't read it yet because that i thought it was even more recent than that uh, but oh well uh, yeah i read the first couple issues in their standalone coming the, out the on, yeah on time and then i realized well this isn't in continuity it's going to be its own standalone story i don't have to read this right now and unfortunately, that's that's a lot of times what happens to me with Spider-Man. Like, I want to read all the Spider-Man. I want to hug every Spider-Man. So, therefore, if it's not in continuity, I might set it aside 
for later because the incontinuity stuff is more likely to get more people that I can talk to about it. Right. Uh, and Jared, you said you have read this before or you no, have not read No, I did it? not. I, I thought I had, but I had read uh, Spider-Man Blue. Okay. Yeah. So ah, the covers are very similar. That's so when fair. I saw the cover, I'm like, oh, I've read that. Yep. And yeah, Spider-Man Blue it, is like, very nope, different. I haven't read this. So. I did consider picking Spider-Man Blue, but I'd also like that story side note, but it's very... I feel like that one's a really girly story. Like, the parts I liked about it were because they were talking about it very focused on Gwen and Mary Jane in that story. And so I feel like that's more of a girl book. And that one is an older book, too. Yeah. So, yeah, that one's been yeah. out for quite a while. Uh, so, th- and this is my second time reading it. I read all of it in singles as it was coming out. So this is my first time binge reading it, though. Um, so quick backdrop, each issue is a different decade, starting in the 60s and ending in the 2010s, specifically 2019 when the series came out. Yep. Um, Laura, what was your overall impressions of it? Likes, dislikes? I, it was interesting and weird to me because the whole point of this was to show Spider-Man aging through those times. So to see Spider-Man with real wrinkles and like actually not always about 30 years old, was so strange. I was like, oh my gosh, he's so old, but he should be. This makes sense. Like, And when he had children, and the children aged too, and I was like, oh, he doesn't look like a 20-year-old who has a 15-year-old daughter. Like, He didn't have babies when he was five. Like, It was kind of refreshing to see a Spider-Man who... Who looked like the right age for what he should be. I mean, especially when it starts with the 60s where he looks yeah. younger. Like, oh, that's just the Spider-Man we're used to seeing a lot. Like, oh, mm-hmm. he's yeah. he is an adult. He's not... He's a, college age. Right. He's, yeah. yeah. Or even post-college age. Like, it's that real close. Like, oh, is he still in school? Is he just out? I think he's still in school in the beginning because... Uh, um, Norman Osborn has to drop Harry off to college, and that's where they, that's right. they he just meet get, up there. He just gets so his internship yeah. and everything, too. That's right. But yeah, it's... They don't follow that very much. It's just like yeah. that, and then it's like, oh, he's out of college. Right. So, um, towards the beginning, I loved the background story with the Civil War between Iron oh. Man and mm-hmm. Captain America. It's like, that just seemed like it, it's been going on for 50 years. Well, it's, yeah. it's not necessarily a Civil War directly. This part, this is just the, the right. Vietnam War. Okay, yes. how should superheroes play that role? Right. Should they go over? Should they stay? Yeah, and Iron Man's but, saying that they should go over. Right. And, and Steve, at this point, is like, I don't know, but I'm going to go over and check, see what's going on, and make an informed decision. I'm not just going to say blankly yes or no without actually investigating it yeah and that was another facet i loved when uh peter parker himself is talking to flash thompson and he's like why are you volunteering to go overseas like that's so dangerous like how how can you make that choice and flash goes it was easy i know this is what spider-man would do and of course peter parker hears that and goes i i already feel really guilty that i am spider-man and i'm not over there is this the tipping point? Should I go? And like that, that was a good key in this key point in this story. Yeah. When he talks to Captain America and Captain America says, like you already said, I'm going to go see it for myself. Like you do you, Spider-Man, but you're, you're doing a great job here. You can be friendly neighborhood. That's totally cool. Like you do you. So I really like the, the talk between Captain America and Spider-Man. Yes. Yeah, the, the way they always use Steve Rogers and 
comic books is like, oh, he is the conscience for everybody. Like, right. He's yeah. not in the moral compass. Like, no, no. Right. He's he's probably a good person to listen to either way. Yeah. He's the yeah. forever Boy Scout. That... It's just like if you're on the fence about making a choice, he's just, you know, always there to give that sound advice. He's just like, he's not telling you what to do, but he's making you feel okay with your choice that yeah. you're going to make. Um, issue two introduces the beginning of the clone saga. That's one thing I do like about this series is each issue has a different major story arc. Yes. Happens yeah. in normal comics. Yeah, and it hits all the highlights. So we got, we got Civil War in here. We have the clone saga. We get the Spider-Verse. Um, we get um, Secret Wars with the whole battle mm-hmm. world and everything. It's like, oh, all that history that you... You don't need to know read it while reading this. However, if you know, like, oh, I know what they're referencing for this part. I know right. what that is. It's like, it's a fun way to fit all that Marvel history in, in an actual aging universe. Too. Right. Yeah. And the Clone Saga stuff I thought was really good how they did the swerve with uh, Gwen Stacy. Where she was the clone. Right. And the original died instead. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of this. In true form to Clone Saga, they always have a little bit of confusion. Like, hey, wait, which one's the real one? I'm sorry, what? And yeah. there is a little bit of that. Like, right. oh, this it is... fit the story really but, well. Yeah. Absolutely. And it would, yeah. I mean, if your clone has all of your memories also, then how, who's to say who's the clone and who's not the clone? Right. You have yeah. all the memories. Yep. Yeah, that was one thing about this. Everything fit really well, but you could tell like they were, they were trying to hit all the highlights. And I... If I hadn't known all of Spider-Man's, well, I shouldn't say all of, a good portion of Spider-Man's history already, I would have been like, how are they throwing all this together? But right. if you know is, it, then right. you, you really enjoy it, too. You don't have to know the deep, nitty-gritty stuff. Like, yeah. these are the main story arcs. Clone Saga, his black suit, yeah. you know, all of that rolled into this. So, you don't need to know issue 197, he fought, you know, Crazy Quilt from DC Comics. You Actually, know. I think that's the death of Gwen Stacy. Oh, is it really? <laughs> I think it might be. It's real close. <laughs> good go. good number yeah. to pick. Well, uh, I mean, yes. bad number to pick. <laughs> One thing I, I liked while I was reading this, too, is there's a fun little Easter egg during the Craven's Last Hunt story yeah. arc that they do here. So it has the Here Lies Spider-Man Slayed by the Hunter. That was created in the last hunt. But did you look at the tombstones on the background for that as well? We have Zadarsky, who's the writer. Oh, I don't think I noticed Bagley, that who's the artist, or Bagley, I don't know the correct pronunciation. I've always heard Bagley. Uh, Dell, which I believe was the earlier early publication before his Marvel is Dell Comics. Uh, just It's fun to see that in the background and there are probably there's another name in the back. Like, well, it could be John Dell also, the inker. Yeah. Oh, that's probably what it is. There a Hennessy? Hennessy was the other inker. There's a Darmia is the other tombstone that you can see. You only see four yep. other tombstones. Colorist. Okay, so yeah, it is the creative team is the other tombstones in the background of that too. Like, oh, that's pretty cool. That's fun. What caught my attention was Zadarsky. Then I looked around. I was like, oh wait, there's these other guys too. And like, I like when they do little things like that in the background. I'm a jerk. I didn't even notice that. That's awesome. I didn't I'll notice be, that either. Yeah. I'll be honest. I didn't notice it while reading it, but while I was sitting here flipping through it, I'm like, wait a minute. Then, <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, just the way they uh, they do the introduction of Venom and the symbiote and everything within from Secret Wars and how it goes through the progression of the decades and everything. Yes. It makes very logical progression. Right. With the way they the way the world is the same in the regular with our comic books and the way they changed it for this. It's like, oh, 
I can see that tying in this way. And right. Just a nudge here, a nudge yeah. there. Like, oh, it all fits still. And I'm really yeah. glad they kept the focus on Peter Parker, Spider-Man. Like, that Venom story arc was really good in this. They could have gone the different direction and followed that just a little bit more. I'm glad they didn't. Yeah. Like, this pacing was really good. Yeah, and I, I like that use of Venom bonding with Kraven the Hunter, too. Yeah. Like, I I don't remember ever seeing that in a normal Spider-Man Maybe universe. But it makes sense so, for this. Yeah, I was... I, I kind of... I have a soft spot for Venom. Most people don't like him, and I can understand why. But when he crosses over with different characters, sometimes I just think, oh, yeah, that, that would be an awesome kind of team-up. A, like, a good to, pairing to, to have, Yeah, to have Kraven no longer set off Spider-Man's Spider-Sense would make him even more dangerous. Like, right. Yeah. I like the 90s stuff, too, where he's got, uh, what, what is it, Parker Industries in this? Yes. Okay. I think so. Yeah, yeah, and he's got like a secret bookcase that he's got all mm-hmm. the spider gear behind. I like the suit that's in there also. It's a bit more, it is kind of 90s-esque. Well, it gets, and it's the suit changes as he gets yeah. older because it has different padding too. Because like he's right. not as young and spry. Oh yeah. So it so does it's got a little bit of a cushion for it's, him. It's form and function for him. Yeah. So it's it was really good. Um, they have nine eleven in here. Yeah. Which was yeah. like oh yeah I forgot about that part and mm-hmm. like it just there's a whole bunch of little things in here that it works really well. There are a couple of things I don't like about it. No. Yeah, um, I don't like the complete failure that Peter is as a family man. Like, he's yeah. a jerk in all of his relationships. Like, I get, you know, the regular comics, he doesn't he doesn't do well typically in relationships because he's it's, torn amongst three different worlds. There's right. relationship Peter, independent Peter, and then Spider-Man. But this one, he's just kind of a jerk to his family. Yeah. You know? And, I don't know, like, looking back at the other comics, of the, the regular Spider-Man history... No, he kind of is a jerk, but not as overt as he is in this. Right. He's like, no, it, I'm only focusing on this, and I he obsesses over this, that, and the other. Right. Uh, I I don't know. For me, that part like just felt sour. It did. Me too. As the story got on, like, quit being a jerk, man. Like that's <laughs> Uncle yeah. Ben will be so mad at you right now. Yeah. Um. And another thing, I I wasn't a big fan of um. Towards the end, where Miles Morales is there, oh, see, I li- uh, yeah, I, I he liked, just like showing. Well, I liked Miles Morales. I didn't mind him just popping up like that and everything. But it's just like, oh, Doc Ox got in the head of Miles Morales, and then they're like mind melding together. Well, because that's a reference mm-hmm. to when oh, Superior right. Spider Man, yeah. right? Yeah, so, I again, totally they... got it and everything. But I'm just like, I, I didn't care. Well, the problem with this with this format is with each issue being a decade, you don't yeah. get the build up. Yes. There's a lot of assumptions you have to take in this and you have to right. like speed through certain things. Right. See, for me, the biggest problem with the finale, which was the same thing with the whole Superior Spider-Man Doc Ock thing, was the Craven venom symbiote thing came out of nowhere. It was just a skeleton there. Like, I really didn't like that. I was like, oh, that just, I don't. Yeah, because the symbiote needs a living host, and they implied that Craven was dead the entire time, right? Yeah, that's the way it, I took it. That's the way I took mm. it as it being a full skeleton and everything right. too. So it was just like well, that shouldn't be. Of course, or, it's comic book science, so who cares? Right? Yeah, I mean, oh, there's that. It just one, seemed off. One way I looked at it was that the symbiote had taken Craven while he was still alive, 
And then by the time they completed their mission, he had completely used up Craven, and that's oh. why it destroyed him. Maybe that could be, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it just, it, it didn't hit right for me. Right. Um, now, the the finale finale, where it has the conversation with young Peter again. Yes. And MJ, while Peter is sacrificing himself, like, the the true ending of it was really good. I did yes, enjoy that. I did enjoy that too. That was really good. It ended very strong. Um, I, I even liked the epilogue uh, with Miles and Mary Jane, and you know everything that was kind of going on there. Yeah, I mean, just yeah. where Miles truly gets the spider suit again. Yeah, or he's trying to get his. He's yeah. getting his own. Um, and yeah, just. I like to see Peter and MJ's twins like having spider yeah, powers um, too. Yep, I like yeah, how they defeated I, Morbius. Where the sun, <laughs> Morlin, yeah, or Morlin, <laughs> Morlin, not Morbius. Yeah, sorry, I, I can see the the similarities. Yeah, it, I, they're <laughs> they're both white pasty dudes that suck energy Gots. out of other people's. Right, so it was a knockoff Morbius. Right. <laughs> yeah, I loved. There's one panel in particular that Claire, who's the the female twin. She really gave me some Mayday vibes. And at first I was thinking that Mark Bagley was from the Spider-Girl comics, but I'm not finding that in my Google history. So I just made that up. But he did a really good job of... I, I don't know if he meant to make her look like Mayday or not, but she totally does in this one specific panel. And so it worked like, out. Yep. I mean, I, I guess I'm okay with that. Like a little homage to to Mayday. Yeah. Uh, so with that... um, Any... Let's give a, a rating <laughs> system, one to five, or, unless you have any final comments on it. Uh, one being off of five being great. Laura, what would you rate it? S- since you have finally read the entire thing now. <laughs> I feel like a jerk, but I'm going to give it a three. I think it's an average Spider-Man story. Like, I don't feel like I can, a- unless you're a huge Spider-Man fan, I'm not going to go, you have to read this. Like, for the normal reader, I'd be like, there's other Spider-Man books that yeah. you can read. Yeah, I mean, if if it came up that I was like, oh, what if superheroes aged in real time? That's, I guess that's the main intent and the main point of this, but that is the specific reason why I would recommend this. If you wanted to see, what if Aunt May actually died when she hit 170, you know? <laughs> but other than that, like, yeah, I, I was... I love that it was a spin on everything, but it was just an Elseworlds story, and I, I like my, my chronology. I like to, our canon. That's what I should say. I like when things are canon, and I, it applies to more things than just this one story. So, right. an average Spider-Man self-contained story. All right, Jared, what would you give it? I'd go with a three. Also, um, I don't think it was anything spectacular. I did enjoy it. I think if you're wanting a different Spider-Man story or just a general Spider-Man story, this could be fun. Um, I agree with you. I don't think I would... If somebody says, oh, I'm looking for just a... If they come in and just ask, I'm looking for a Spider-Man story, that wouldn't be my first pick for them. But it could be a pick for them. You know what I mean? So there were some faults it had, some things I didn't really care for. Some things did really well. The art was fantastic. I thought the art was really good. Um, the story flowed very well. Um, but yeah, I would say it's an average Spider-Man story. Uh, for me, I want to break the mold. I'm going to say it's a four because how many one shots have been like, oh, but they could do more. Like, no, this is, this is a finality. Yes. This is like, here we are. We're good. We're done. 
start to finish, this is everything. They and, did kill him, too. Well, I mean, they <laughs> could theoretically do a sequel with Miles. Sure. Um, but that, we'll have to wait another 60 years for that for them to do each decade. Um, but for me, like, because I have the history of all the other Spider-Man stuff that goes along, like, oh, it was fun to see the tie-ins with other stories. Like, oh, how would this take place? How would that go in? And I thought they did a really good job at that. Uh, so for me, I'd recommend this to people that are fans of Spider-Man. They haven't read him in a while. Like, okay, well, this is roughly catches you up and what if he aged part yeah, two. That's a good point. So, I mean, I think we're still all pretty much on the same oh, page. Oh, yeah, yeah. I can't, like, dis- this This was a good book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, but... I- See, for me, that's what I give it a four. Like, for me, it was a four because it was good. It wasn't, it wasn't like, it was oh, it was okay. It was like, but it wasn't great. It was like, oh, it was, I enjoyed reading this. Yeah. So, but, I mean... We're all still pretty close to our grades. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, So with that, we'll move on to our theme of the night, which is a spoiler-filled version of the Black Panther movie, Wakanda Forever, that just came out this past weekend. Uh, Laura and I, we saw it on Friday for your birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Uh, Jared, you saw it at some other point. Yep. Because stuff came up, you were busy. Uh, So what was... I know last week we talked about what we thought what might happen, what might not. I would say we were wrong. <laughs> yeah, I, we were dead wrong. Uh, we were like, oh, it will be them against each other, then they'll team up again. No, it was them against each other the entire time yeah. between Wakanda and not Atlantis. That's my biggest <laughs> gripe is because Namor is the, the prince of Atlantis or king of Atlantis. Right. This was some other name that I don't know how to pronounce. Yeah. I don't want to butcher it. I'm right. Just leave it be. The only thing I I'm like taking away from myself is maybe Atlantis is an entire like country type thing, and this is the capital city. Of That's what I'm hoping they'll That's, do. Yeah, because so. I was a little like when they first brought that out, I'm just like, what? That's right. stupid. Yeah, I I or they'll be, they'll find other underwater right areas and then eventually form the Empire of Atlantis. Something. Yeah. But yeah, it's. Like uh, Dakota or something like that along those lines. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed this. Uh, Laura, what was your thoughts on the new Namor that we saw in this? Or do you have a history of Namor? Do you know what's going on with him? I do not really have a history. Like, I always confuse him with... Um, now I'm not going to remember his name. Aquaman? Yeah, Aquaman. That's it. Yeah, Namor and Aquaman are are the same person in my mind half the time. I mean, um, effectively, they pretty much are. Okay. Where they both underwater, both kings of Atlantis. Yeah, yeah, I think that's what throws me off the most. Um, but yeah, I admit I was a little surprised how not pale he was. I thought he'd be a lot fishier, all that stuff. But then, then when they said he was a mutant, and didn't they call him a god too or was he like a step below a god he was if i remember correctly almost worshipped like a god okay. but not really like they it was the blessing from the gods i think because okay, that's, that's their version so black panther has his heart-shaped fruit or whatever or heart-shaped flower herb. or herb or herb or flower yeah that gives them the power of the black panther these I won't call them Atlanteans because I don't because that's what they are. I don't care what they say. <laughs> the Atlanteans they have their own version of that, but it was an underwater plant that was still enriched by the nutrients of the that's vibranium right. that was able to turn them into their superpowers that can 
be mutation mutated of sort and be able to live in the water. But you find out that Namor himself is actually a mutant. He's the first mutant, both in the MCU world because he's super old and because mm. and he's the first mutant in technical MCU uh, movie canon, too, where he's actually labeled as a mutant. Now, you could say, well, but uh, Kam- uh, Kamala Khan, Ms. Marvel, she's labeled as the first mutant. Well, she's labeled as a mutant in the TV shows, not necessarily in the movies. Feige has said in the past, oh, you can watch all the movies, but you don't have to watch all the shows to get the continuity. So, like, that's a question. Like, eh, is Kamala officially the first mutant in the MCU? Or is it uh, actually going to be Namor because he's the first one in the movies? Yeah, mm-hmm. I think they're going to go with uh, Namor because in the comics he's listed as the first mutant, right. you know, so I think they're going to stick with that theme. Yeah, and I, I mean, I would agree with that too, especially, I mean, it's tricky though because they say the TV shows are continuity, yeah. so he's so she is the first one on screen that we've seen that has been labeled as a mutant, but he technically by the how old by he timeline. is as well is the first mutant from that standpoint as well. Yeah, yeah the only thing I... Well, they haven't introduced Wolverine in this movie cinematic universe at all yet. Correct. And even before then, Namor is older than Wolverine. Yeah, that was the only one I could think of that might be a contestant. Yeah. Uh, I hope they do something like uh, give an old Captain America the first Avenger flashback and put like Wolverine in the background somewhere. Or, yeah. (laughs) do that, you know. I think that would be fun. Um, I... I did really like how they changed his origin, though, where instead of like, oh, just a random Lost City Atlantis, like, no, no, it was from the Central America, the conquistadors are there, where they're fleeing that, like, oh, yeah. and because of that is why he's not some pasty pale white dude, like, oh, there's he's actually of, the, of a Latin descent, so it makes sense that he still has that coloration of his skin, yeah. especially because he's of that generation, too, like. Right, yep. Um, and I liked how all the Atlanteans were normal when they're in the water, but as soon as they came to the surface, then they turned blue. Yes, I thought that was a great effect. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. It took me a while. Most, I was like, oh, yeah, they're, okay, that's this actor is that one, too. Yeah. It just, it's the, it just oh. threw me off because, like, yeah, when they're above the surface, that's when they turn blue. When they're back yep. in the water, they have their normal skin color. It's so like, mm. that was cool. And plus, I imagine it saved on the budget, too, for the first CGI. Like, oh, we don't have to do as much body paint when we're, quote, under the water. Right. So, uh, but yeah, I really enjoyed that. Um, what did you guys, what do you think of, what'd you both think of the, how they handled the death of Chadwick Boseman slash T'Challa? I think they did a really good job. Yeah. Um, they just basically had a unknown illness befall him and Shuri was trying to save him by making more of that flower. That Killmonger the, burned. Yeah. The Killmonger yeah. burned. Uh, she was trying to make a th- synthetic blend of it and wasn't able to do it in time. So uh, this movie felt like it was the guilt, you know, it's basically dealing with all of the emotions following a death, the grief, the guilt, the 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 anger, anger. the everything that they were feeling, and they portrayed it onto Shuri very well. You know, I I don't know if everyone's going to like it, Yeah, but I thought they did a wonderful job with it. Just the story they were telling was great. And for me, they left that mystery illness as a possibility for the future. Okay, we're going to find out that it was a foreign act actor that gave them that illness. It wasn't a po- actually a poison then. Yeah. Like, I'm curious to yeah. see, like, oh, that could work out pretty well. Like, oh. And then have that gravity behind, throw that in Shiri's face later on. Like, oh, 
uh, oh, by the way, I'm guessing if you're listening to this part, Shiri is the new Black Panther. So they could have later on, she's finding someone like, oh, and you find out this other person is the one that actually poisoned him. Yeah, they, mm-hmm. it opens the door for future storytelling. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I also like the fact that they, they acknowledge the death. And then that was like immediately. It wasn't like, oh, we're going to eventually get to that point. No, we're no, hitting the ground running. Yeah. yeah. This is what's going on. He dies. They do the funeral. Then we get the opening credits, which we, I guess we did predict that part where he'd die immediately. Yeah. Have the opening credits of, and have Black Panther and then move the story on after that. Mm-hmm. So we did get one prediction right. Yeah. Um, I thought, I can't think of her name. I was going to try to look it up really quick. The um, actress that plays um, the queen, um, Angela Bassett. Yeah. Uh, she did a phenomenal oh, job. Yeah. Uh, that was very heart-wrenching when she's standing there. I'm the queen of this nation and I've lost everything, you know? Mm-hmm. I've lost... That was when my, she's like, I lost my fa- I lost my husband, I lost my son. Yeah. Now my daughter is kidnapped also. Right. It was just so... Like, I think she deserves an mm-hmm. award of some kind for her performance in this. That She was really good. Yeah, and I was impressed too that when she was giving that statement to the the United Nations, and then she was able to bring in some, like, espionagists oh, or whatever yeah. from, I think it was France. Like, I would never yeah. expect France to be the people who were the, doing the subterfuge. Right. <laughs> the, yeah, the military people that were breaking into the outreach program facilities. Yeah. Right. And they're basically, yeah, we didn't kill any of them. We could have. We but should have. We're going to next time. You know that was yeah. the this, implication. She this was is your warning. With. Yeah, your one and only. Yeah, here's warning. your people back. Don't do it again. Yeah. It was just, you know, if I was a nation, I'd be like, yeah, I'm not going to try that again. Oh, but you, you know, know they are. Oh, you know they are. <laughs> you know the resource is too valuable. They're going to try to have more middlemen in between to not connect them to directly. Right. Yeah. Uh, one thing I really, 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 really did not like was the use of Riri Williams in this movie. Yeah. It was incredibly forced. Um, like, I I get the part where, okay, she's, they established she's a genius that developed the technology to detect vibranium. However, she was thrown in the story the entire time because she was black. And it's like, it's a whole, in my opinion, that's the way I took it. Like, oh, it's a black character. We have Wakanda, which a whole bunch of black people will just throw her in with that. I did not realize that, but I can see how that would be thought. That's the way it felt to me. It was like, oh, and because the mo- if you do not have the character in the movie at all, it doesn't change the story. It's still there. Yeah. Someone detects it. Okay, we have Wakanda versus Atlantis, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't really matter. But because like, oh, well, she's here. We need to introduce her. We're going to do this. We're going to have her in there. We're going to have the whole Ironheart costume, which we're going to say, no, no, you can't take that with you anymore. We have to leave that in Wakanda. She's like, okay. And then they give her a car back. And like, it just felt so forced. It's like, really? It's The movie was two hours and 41 minutes. Cut that whole sequence out. We don't need it. Cut out the CIA agent that was in the first one as well hit with yeah. him. And you find out that his ex-wife is Julia Louis-Dreyfus's character, which I forget her name. But between those two story subplots of the story, the movie probably could have been two hours long. We probably could have cut 40 minutes out. Probably. And it, it would have been just as good. It might have been even better because it wasn't as long. Yeah. I didn't care for the Iron Heart suit either. No. I thought it was very anime-esque and which very is, cartoony. Um, which in theory isn't it's not off from, bad. I mean, given it's not her, it's not truly hers because it's Vibranium and it's Wakanda right. assist. My problem with it is... 
Iron Man and all the movies and stuff, it looked like right. someone's wearing an armor. Right. Versus... This, it looked like a cartoon character flying around. It looked like a full CGI input. Like, okay, not even, like, done well. Like, all right, no. copy-paste, here we go. Right. This One of these things is not like the other. I can tell if there is someone, quote, on set, they're just wearing a full green screen yeah. suit with a whole bunch of those uh, ping pong balls to front right. motion capture. Yeah. That's about it. Uh, that's what I thought, too. I'm just like, I don't care for that at all. And then... um uh, Akoya has her, her Iron own Man. Iron Man suit now. Which that one looked... That it looked, looked cool. It looked better, it looked than, better than, the, than Ironheart. Yeah. Um, I think they could have done a lot better with those. And quite honestly, Akoya's too much of a, a powerhouse that she... I don't even think she needed the armor. You know, she it, was, it fit the story for what they were telling at it, that time. I would say she but, didn't need it, but because they were so outnumbered, because that, yeah. at that point... Uh, Atlantis had attacked Wakanda. They killed a bunch of people with that sneak attack, flood attack. So they drew... My biggest problem is, okay, we're going to fight these people that are, you know, born, bred, they live in the water. We're going to fight them out in the middle of the ocean all with them. Yeah, that was so stupid. Okay, you can do that to draw them out towards you, but why doesn't your ship then when you're, okay, we did our job as destruction, let's get away... Why are you still sailing away when it's a world where there are helicarriers that can lift out of the ocean right. and fly? Are you telling me that S.H.I.E.L.D. had helicarriers, but Wakanda doesn't? Well, they've even got those ships that they can come by and just beam people up. Right. So why you know, doesn't... Why isn't there a couple of those flying around? Right. There's just some parts like that whole fight sequence felt unnecessary. Yeah. And well, why why did you do this? Because you're picking a fight that you know you're going to lose. You're already on the ropes with limited right. people, so we're just going to buy her time, but poorly. Right. I don't know. It, that just felt off to me. Yeah. Felt um, very forced. And now the the actual battle between Namor and Shiri Black Panther was that was, awesome. a, that was a great fight sequence. Yeah. When he speared her, uh, I remember when we were watching it. Uh, one of the guys that was with us, he's like, "Really." She she has a Black Panther suit, but a spear took her out. I was like, "It's remember, it's a vibranium spear. He's like, oh, good point. I was like, yeah. So yeah. that makes sense. It is a good point. Yeah, it's it a is. very good point. It's yeah. a very sharp point. Uh, I don't like the fact that to she got speared and impaled onto the rock, and then she just like walked through it to pull it through her. Like, I don't like yeah. that. And she was immediately fine afterwards. Like, okay, even if the suit is holding some of the blood in and everything, you still have a hole puncturing right. through. You should struggle a little bit more. Yeah. It missed all the important parts. Or at least show the using the, the beads and put that in your hole to heal it up faster. Like how they did. Well, that's what they did in the first one when the agent got shot and was paralyzed and was dying. They put She took off the bead off her bracelet, put it in his back, and it healed him. So at least show that or something, some sort of immediate first aid service. They should show that. But they didn't. Oh, well. Um... What did you think of the mid credit scenes? The I thought I I I did see that coming a little bit because um, what's her name disappeared Nikia. for six years and uh, T'Challa's girlfriend yeah. slash ex girlfriend love the love interest in the first right. one completely disappeared for so long and no the, one knew why well and but then, she was un- well they did reveal she was undercover in Haiti she was doing mission work there she was doing mission work she wasn't an undercover under not uh, true she will she never said that she was Wakandan or anything like that so in terms of that yes she's right. undercover but she's not doing a mission she's doing well, missionary work we don't know for sure I mean when we first see her in the first Black Panther 
it looked like she was being kidnapped oh, versus true. you realize, no, no, that was part of her plan. That was part of her mission. So it could be part of her undercover work as well. Now, looking Deep. back at hindsight, it definitely looks like, oh, she was probably just raising her child. Yeah. And that was the mission, protecting the child, keeping that child away from the 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 stresses of the royalty so they can teach that child how to be a good human first. How how uh, Killmonger was basically being raised originally. Like, oh, right. away from the royalty. Now, it wasn't, that wasn't the mission behind that. It was just... Right. But that was an accident. That was just what happened along the way. Uh, and you find out that T'Challa has a son named T'Challa. T'Challa. Uh, <laughs> Which, for me, I was like, okay, who are you? I'm, but my real name is T'Challa, son of T'Challa. I really would have liked it if his real name or his undercover name would have been Chadwick. Just for a tribute yeah. to Chadwick Boseman. That would have been cool. Yeah, that would have been pretty neat. Because I forget what he said. Like, oh, my name's Danny. Do you know what my, my what kind of name is, though? T'Challa. Like, oh. It would have been really cool if it was like, my name is Chadwick. Right. Like, that would have been... Just a, now, it might have been too cheesy at that point. I don't know. But I think that, <laughs> for me, that would have been like, okay... That's really well done. Yeah, yep. But yeah, I would have enjoyed that. Um, overall, I enjoyed the movie thoroughly. So I thought did it I. was very good. Uh, I enjoyed it as well. Um, how did you guys compare it to the first Black Panther movie? I like the first one better. I do too, but I think this movie dives more into personal feelings yeah. uh, after grief. Like oh, they yeah. really dive into some of that and some of the storytelling, some of the heartache in this movie, like they really put a lot into this, the actors themselves. Um I think maybe even more than the first one, but I enjoyed the first one more. Right. Yeah, I was almost legit surprised that Shuri didn't side more with uh Namor. Like when he said, Let's burn the world together, I was like she could if yeah. she if she was just a slight bit less of intended to be the good character, she could totally turn on everybody right. and, and go for well, it. Well, the fury and grief that she was going through at that point, yeah. like it would make sense, like yeah. that she would choose that path. Yeah, yep. a big part of me was like, "Do it, do it, get him." Yeah, I, I, I was too, just a little bit, you know. Yep. But yeah, the way they portrayed her, and you know, after the death, there after when they did a year later, and they're talking about how she spends all of her time in her lab, and you know. Mm-hmm. They did a really good job with the storytelling in this one. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think I'll agree with you guys saying the first one was better. Uh, I think the first one was better universally yes. uh, for, for all audiences. Right. This one definitely Specific. leans on people that have dealt with grief. Yes. Especially with grief for the immediate family. I think this right. one leans a lot more on that. Yep. Um, but, I mean, it's... It, that's their mission right. mission statement for this one was like, okay, how do you deal with grief? Right. The first one was like, okay, how do we have an awesome movie? <laughs> and yeah. this was a very good tribute to Chadwick Boseman. Um, I loved the uh, astral plane uh, uh, Killmonger. The surprise oh, yeah. of Michael B. Yeah. Jordan. Yep. I yeah, thought that, that was... was great how they brought him in because I thought it was going to be the mother because she had just died in that the queen. Uh, right. She had just died in that. I thought she was going to see him or see her. And then they pan around the chair and it's him i'm like oh that's good i wasn't yeah. expecting that that was another I reason been, i think but i wasn't why i thought um that shuri could turn it's like oh yeah. if she's seeing killmonger and he's got that voice in her head and if she really believes anything he's ever said then that could be the tipping point yeah uh i, I think the the surprises were good i mean that was the big one yeah between that and 
them actually saying Namor's a mutant yeah. were the two big surprises yeah. for me. I did not expect that. Um, well, I mean, I did like I always like yes, he's a mutant, but like, the fact they actually finally acknowledge mutants yeah. in this. Now it's not the full degree that we've seen. No, everything. Yeah. But they kept the little, even the wings on his feet, they kept that true to form. Yeah, I know. I was surprised about that. Uh, I always thought that was so silly in the comics and everything. Yeah, but, but I mean, pointed out so worked. much, like, yeah. they had to keep it. So, like, yeah. Overall, I think it was good. Now, there are going to be the purists, the comic purists, that are like, oh, that's not true, that's not true, that's not true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but a lot of it works really well. Right. Remember, Namor forgot all of his fish jokes. That's really where uh, their, their yeah. downfall was. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my my biggest Jumping thing. jellyfish. It, like, Riri Williams <laughs> didn't feel accurate to the character either. Yeah. I like, know nothing no. about her, but um, I was like, they, I have no interest in this that, character. Her character felt forced. Well, and in the yeah. comic books, part of it is, like, the, to show her genius, she's only, like, 14, 15. Like, that's... To, and is already in college, and they do that, versus this. Oh, she's 18, 19. Well, yes, there's not a whole lot of difference between 14 and 18, but there really, really, but there really is there though. Is. Like, because if you're 18, 19, you're still in college versus if you're 14, okay, you're still in junior high, high school, but to say, no, okay, uh, a junior high person is actually in college. That means a whole lot. Right. So to say, okay, a, someone that should be in junior high developed this great technology. That means a whole lot too. Now. I thought the actress did a good job for the role yeah. she was playing. Yes, but I, I think the character itself wasn't true also because she was so much, so much angrier and like yeah. so a lot more attitude than yeah. Riri Williams. Because that's a, the appeal with Riri is she's a leader, but she's also the nerdy type. Like, oh, I, I grew up in the world of superheroes and I'm a fan. Kind of like how Ms. Marvel is, Kamala yeah. Khan is. Like, she's a yeah. fan of those heroes. Whereas this seems like, no, I'm an adult now is what they seem to p- right. portray this character as. It, again, the character though it felt forced. It it could have gone very much not have been in this movie and been fine. And the only reason why we know she's Ironheart is because a we read comic books and b they had her at one point welding out a heart that was poorly weld a poorly weld job that you never actually see on the costume either either. Like oh well, why did we even see that when that's yeah not in the final product that too. like. That's just from the trailer, and okay, I expected the Iron Man Mark Mark One suit, which we sit we didn't see an Ironheart Mark One of sorts, but just like really, why? Yeah. Okay, whatever. Yeah, that was an entire plot point that upset me too. That Namor wanted to go after the scientist who designed this stuff. It's like the scientist who designed whatever isn't going to affect anything. Like, he seemed to think, oh, if I kill them, they can't make it anymore. The they genius, have blueprints. The genie's yeah. out of the bottle. Yeah. Like we, going right. after the scientist doesn't change anything. Like, none of the, like, the government or whoever, I forget who was even behind anything. But they already used her. She's not useful to anyone anymore right, right. in She's that capacity for college. how yeah. how he thought he was getting revenge. Unless You're not getting revenge. All, unless the only thing she can do is make a more confined unit. But at that point, yeah. It could be anybody that could, I mean, all science and technology is built upon the shoulders of other people. Yeah. So, like, she already, she already did that rung of the ladder. Someone else can do the next part. Yeah. If need be. Yeah. Again, that's just me reiterating the, the Riri Williams story, completely useless. They yeah. just, I Sad. I firmly believe they just threw it in because of her race. And the whole CIA agent thing, that was completely useless also. Mm-hmm. We may see it come into effect later on, but eh, 
it, it doesn't have to be in this, and it took up so much time for what it did. Yeah. They're trying. I think they're trying to make Julia Louis Dreyfus's character, Rosalina, blah blah. blah no, whatever. Valentina. No, thank you, Fontaine. Valentina Fontaine. They're making her this phase's Agent Coulson. Really is the way I'm taking it as where she's assembling different people to become the new Avengers it could or be. the Thunderbolts is what we're all okay. I was going to say she's a bad guy, but they're I but can tell. they are forming the Thunderbolts. Those are bad which is guys. which is okay. of a form of the Avengers though. The bad Avengers. Well, yes, I agree. The dark Avengers. But that's what they're trying to do with this, and they're trying to recapture that. And, like, well, okay, that's cool and all. She should have been in this less then, because she was in it way too much for, oh, what's the whole point? Is she spying on her ex-husband? And, oh, by the way, they used to be married together. Right. It didn't. Yeah, should have had another shoehorn thing. Credit scene and and kept her kind of true to that form. I agree. You know, she didn't need to be in this at all. Right. So. For me, like, okay, both of those part story like cut them out. We don't yeah. need them. Were they bad? No, no, not at all. Just unnecessary. But they were completely unnecessary. Like, it just, they used it as like, hey, scene transition. Well, it's kind of hard to do the scene transition, so we'll just throw a C story in. Yeah. And here we go. Yeah, yep, yeah that's definitely C story is a good way to describe it. Not to be confused right. with the C story about Namor. Ha <laughs> ha. Sorry, yeah, I couldn't resist that one. You need yeah. to get your rim shot uh, <laughs> button working. Right. But on uh So yeah, that that's uh, one to five then also because mm-hmm. might as well. well I'm going to give it a three. Uh, no, I'll give it a four. It was good. I'll give it a four. I, I was going to say, I think it's a solid four. Unfortunately, I, I think part of it is like, it's just not my kind of movie. I almost want to go two because I got confused. I, I admit, I also fell asleep. But like they're like when there's too many, this person's stabbing this person, and this person's lying about this, and this is a cover for that. I get too confused. Do you would so, hate Game of Thrones? Yeah, I do. I I already <laughs> am pretty sure I would hate Game of Thrones because isn't it a lot of like sex story too? Uh, yeah. The first, well, the first yeah. season mostly. The, okay. As the seasons went on, the less sex they had in it, a little bit okay. less throughout the seasons, but there's okay. still a decent amount yeah. of it. Yeah, it it sounds a little adult for me. I, yeah. I like my children's stories. <laughs> and like this was too much adult. And like there were a couple things where like especially the the child at the end and saying that um Shuri's mom, I forget her name uh, now, uh, Angela Bassett, like the, queen. the, the yeah. queen that she knew the whole time and didn't tell Shuri and like I just I it's, I find it hard to believe that they would have kept Shuri's nephew from her i don't i don't believe that I, I mean, for some I, reason i, I can on up, some level i believe but. up until t'challa died once t'challa died she should have been like, okay by the way you're technically not the next line in the throne because there's this other person that's the direct descendant of him now yeah, yeah like, especially at that point, when shuri like, took the throne that's too. right i was thinking yeah. that too at one point yeah i just i didn't buy like, all that stuff Shuri's well, not really the queen well and shuri didn't take the throne it was yeah it was t'challa's she, mom that took it back so she's right. like okay but well, then she died right yes but i'm saying there uh, during at some point in there they should be like and by the way Hush, secret, there's this going on. Yeah, and um, wasn't it Umbaku from the other clan that ended up challenging for the throne? Yes, he challenged the the throne, but that was while Shiri was back in Haiti with Nakia finding out about her nephew and everything. See, I got the. Who's the new leader then? Because 
oh, I'm here to challenge. Well, who are you challenging? No one's here. See, I thought that was Shuri's point, though. Like, she didn't even show up to be crowned because she knew the challenger would then just be uncontested. Well, yeah. And for me, my problem with that is, hmm, this seems a lot like Thor, where Thor Ragnarok, where, okay, we have the old leadership. That's no longer the leader. Someone else is going to step in now. So, because Thor had Valkyrie take over as the new leader of Asgard. Yeah. And now we have M'Baku as the new leader of uh wakanda so like oh the main hero isn't the leader anymore so we're gonna have someone else fill that role while we do our hero thing off on the side like but i'm okay with mbaku yes but it seems very recycled (laughs) of that story very much so very much so uh yeah comparing black panther to black adam with the other movie we just saw which one do you like better i did not see black adam oh that's right so i like wakanda better because i actually saw it jared which one do you like better (laughs) black panther same it's no, it's no contest for me. I don't think there's me. much of a contest. I, I'm trying to find one, but this, it was a good movie. This one had a more coherent story throughout the whole thing. So. It did, and characters that you actually care for. Yeah. All right, so let's move on to the final section of the week, which is our Heroes of the Week, be it uh, superhero or otherwise. Jared, I reminded you before we started yep. recording, who was your Hero of the Week, comic book or otherwise? I had one earlier. Oh, I know who it was. Um, I was going to say, forgot. I forgot. All, I almost <laughs> forgot. But uh, I was going to pick uh, uh, Tracy Regula from our board of directors. Uh, she's our finance chair and everything there. Um, she's always been very supportive and always helpful when we – you know, call her up to ask her a question and, you know, whatever, you know, she's always made herself available for us and, uh, she's made a really good board member and, um, we, I really like working with her. So. All right. Laura, who's your here of the week? I need to sub give a shout out cause I, I don't want to make them my hero because I've done it recently, but Maria was really nice to me again. Like she's, she likes me, I can tell. And her kids really get a kick out of it when I shout out... Oh, I'm sorry. I shout out to Maria and her kids. Um, I should learn all their names. I only know the one is Baby <laughs> Thrill, uh, but that's not his name. Uh, but anyways, shout out to Maria, even though you're not exactly my hero, but you're a good person. Um, I wanted to make my hero Alfred from the One Bad Day Mr. Freeze issue of Batman this week because I kind of forgot how much I enjoyed his, like, dry wit. He he makes so many jokes, and I really need to catch up on, oh, what's it called? Uh, Penny Pennyworth as the the issues where he they're showing him as basically, like, James Bond. Yep. But one of my favorite jokes in that Mr. Freeze issue was where Alfred makes the comment that he, he needs to go wrap Mr. Bruce as if he was a Christmas present because he's burned and beaten and we need to wrap him and then unwrap him and then rewrap him for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> and there were a bunch of like snow angel jokes too and things like they, I just really, I really enjoyed Alfred in the Mr. Freeze story. Yeah. So. I think Alfred might be my favorite father figure in the comic books just because he does such a great job. Like, what about uh, Uncle Ben? Well, he he doesn't. All he contributes is dying. <laughs> that's his number one contribution. Twist number, the knife. That has. Uh, was not, didn't he get shot or was he stabbed? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, he uh, was shot. Uh, that's I mean that's his number one con- contribution was inspiring Peter Parker, which is great, but it's also yeah versus the on the lifelong contribution yep. that Peter that uh, Alfred has done for Bruce. I think that's Bruce Dick Tim. Yeah, Jason, for all, for the entire family. I mean, just. I think he's my favorite comic book dad. Like, he's I'd great. I go with that. Uh, but the way he is not my hero of the week, 
Dang it. Because uh, you already had it. So is it, is it Jor-El? Because that's all he contributed to Superman also. So Jor- Get off my planet. I mean, he also, he actually saved him, though. That's true. By sending him off the planet. Like, oh. That's true. But, no. Uh, my Hero of the Week is going to be Chadwick Boseman. Because of his whole acting career and his everything. Like, he didn't tell anyone that he was dying. Like, they're like, oh, he still, he like was working up to the day he died. Right. And everything. And in honor of... Wakanda Forever and it being a tribute to him, then that, yeah. There you go. Just, That's a good one. So. He was awesome in 42. Yeah, the Jackie and, Robinson baseball story. Mm. That was really good. Yeah, I've heard that's good, but I've not watched it myself. It'll be on our to-do list eventually. Okay. Add it to the list of many movies we need to watch. Uh, so yeah, that is our episode for this week. Again, sorry folks, if you're listening to this weekly as they come out, we will not be here next week, the week of Thanksgiving. If you're just listening to the backlog, then hey, welcome back. Uh, uh, but yeah, we're going to be we're going to be back in two weeks, the week after Thanksgiving. Uh, the episode should drop December 1st, and we'll go from there. But until then, we'll see you all next time. Sorry, kind of.